Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com Hi, everybody. Welcome to Better Than Never. Ah, shit. I'm not actually inside a women's prison at the moment. The horniest just went up to, like, 11. Good afternoon. I'd like to say a big fuck you to Nick. Tyler Zarenza must go to Cinco de Mayo. Ty, Ty, why won't you kiss me? Better late than never with fat milk. Better late than never with fat milk. It's better late than never. Better late than never. Better late than never. Five if you don't agree. Long live Arby's. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Better late than never. It is a fresh episode because it's Wednesday afternoon and that's what we do. That is what we do. I'm going to have two episodes coming up this week, though, and I'm excited to tell you about the second one that's going to be dropping tomorrow night. I'll get to that in a second. First, I got to tell you about the audio department. Of course, they've been the title sponsor of this podcast for a long, long time. You should know this now. The audio department.ca is where you need to go to book some studio time. The audio department works to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. The audio department.ca is where you need to go to book that time. You always want to be a podcaster, haven't you? You think you could do better than me? I mean, you might. Maybe. Have you tried? The audio department.ca, they will help you make it happen. Got it? Lots to get to today, though this is going to be a little bit of a different formatted podcast. Because tomorrow, finally, after trying to work it out, we're going to do the Dukes episode. Dukes has been in town for the last little bit. We had made plans to do it last weekend to record an episode of BLTN on Saturday before the game against, uh, before the game against the Flams, before we went to Greta. As it turns out, number one, Dukes, jet lagged. It makes sense. Australia, other side of the planet, flying over here. He was upside down. We went for dinner on Thursday night. We were just chatting about it and kind of spitting some ideas back and forth about what we wanted to do. And it's, it's going to be fun. But ultimately what happened was he was jet lagged and I got as sick as I've been in quite some time. 
So the episode that was planned for Saturday is going to be recorded tomorrow. That's Thursday. At some point in the evening, it'll be out sometime in the evening slash at night. We're going to go for a lovely dinner together. We are going to record at Nation HQ. We're going to make some magic happen. So if you have questions, if you listen to this today because it's on your regularly Thursday, uh, Wednesday programming schedule, submit some questions for Dukes. We're going to do an Ask Dukes section. I'm going to also... Another, the reason this is going to be a different episode today is I'm going to save a bunch of the voicemails that came in for today's episode for tomorrow so that I could also have Dukes chiming in on them because I'm assuming that looking at this list, none of them are from him. I assume so. He's been busy. He's been out gallivanting. He's been a man of the people. He's been socializing. He's been enjoying Alberta winter at its finest. On Thursday night, we went out for dinner, and I'm just like, man, sorry that you came and there was next to no snow. And he goes, well, you know what? I was excited even just to see the brown shit in the side of the road. Like, I was excited. I'd never seen snow before. Fast forward a couple of days, it just dumped on us. So he got above seasonal temperatures and then right into the tundra only a few days later. That's Alberta, baby. That is Alberta, but I'm very much looking forward to talking to Dukes tomorrow. Dukes, not Dukes, tomorrow on the podcast. We're going to have some fun. I don't know how long it's going to go for. It could be a 30-minute podcast. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. When we went out for dinner, we just ended up bullshitting for two, three hours. So who knows what we're going to get tomorrow? Who knows what kind of questions you'll submit? If you submit more voicemails ahead of tomorrow, I'd be super pumped on hearing some of those a little bit more timely. So the voicemails I will play today, I can tell just based on the titles or some that we don't need Dukes' opinion on. There's some of them from the Nation Vacation that are still carrying over from when we were down in Arizona. There's also some that just looks like this one's just titled Love is Blind. So I'm assuming that's my guy Kyle Leon Balmer wants to chime in on the latest episodes of Love is Blind. So I'll play those today. We'll do the regularly scheduled program today and then tomorrow we're going to do a bonus episode of bltn with duke so two episode week for me i'm excited about it looking forward to that episode we're gonna have a good time got it good i'm excited do i get to come actually you won't be there because the roadcaster at nation hq is older than this one and the the, the button doesn't exist what do you mean the button doesn't exist i'm fucking lord of, i'm the lord of darkness i am all that is evil, I should be in every roadcaster, in every studio, in every city. Unfortunately, I just got the newer one. You know? We gotta talk to Daddy J and get an upgrade, otherwise Satan's just not gonna be there. I wanna be there, this is bullshit. Am I gonna be there, or am I not allowed to be there? Same goes to you, Big Dave. You can't be there because I just don't have the buttons. So we're gonna do... We're gonna do voicemails. I'm gonna have my soundboard. We're gonna do sound effects. But unfortunately, the gang's not all going to be there. That makes me sad. But I understand. I just hope that Dukes has a good time. I just hope that he's having a fun time in your city because I think he deserves it. Thanks, Mini Quads. That was really nice of you. That was really, really nice of you. I'm sure he'd happy to hear that. I don't give a fuck about Dukes. I'm upset that I'm not on the bonus episode. This is garbage. All right, Satan, relax. You're going to be in it today regularly scheduled programming. So anyway, on Saturday, we didn't do the episode. I was as ill as I've ever been. I I don't know the last time I was as sick as I was this weekend. I had the flu and it was gnarly. Like, took me out gnarly. The fact that I was able to write four, count them, one, two, three, four, articles for OilersNation.com in the state I was in, I deserve a fucking parade or at least a medal, maybe a cookie. 
at the very least, a pat on the back or a high five, something like that. Now that I'm healthy, I can't believe I did it because my brain was not operating at full steam. I think about the three key things article I wrote after the Minnesota wild loss on Friday, and I kept calling uh, Philip Gustafson, Philip Forsberg. That is where my head was at. I slept most of the weekend. The good news is, though, having a flu like I did, I already started bikini season, baby. Lost eight pounds in three days. Feeling trim, feeling svelte. Operation Keep It Tight, full effect. Got to give me some props for that, right? It's funny because I was like, how did I get sick? Like, I don't know. And then I think back to the last, I don't know, month of my life leading up to the sickness. I was like, oh, yeah, all the things I did to my body is probably the war isn't why. You know, I was in Toronto for the All-Star break. We did the Jasper tournament. We did the Nation Vacation Arizona. It's not as though I treat my body well on these trips. Every time I go in with good intentions and I say, I'm going to eat salads, maybe like a nice chicken salad or something like that. It's always deep fried garbage in Taco Bell Cantina and I wash it down with beer and that's basically the only liquid I drink. So it makes sense that I got sick. Finally, my body was just like, fuck you, man. I've had enough of it. You got to take care of yourself, big buddy. How are we going to build this network if you're always sick all the time? I don't ever get sick, Quads. What are you talking about? I know, but I missed you this weekend. Took you a long time to answer my texts. Because I was sleeping. I was sleeping. But the good news is about being sick like that is when I wasn't doing things, because I was just home, I was just glued to my couch for essentially three days. I watched a lot of great TV. I don't often have times where I just sit and chill and stare at the TV, but I did this weekend and I watched a lot of great shit. So sports docs on Netflix right now. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Full speed. The NASCAR docuseries. Loved it. Loved it. I don't even give a shit about NASCAR. But man, that was a good series. Now I think I might actually watch a race or two. It was kind of like the Drive to Survive idea where I was like, I watch this, I get into the characters, I get into the people, then all of a sudden you're like, maybe I should watch NASCAR. Maybe I should get a cube of beers every Sunday and watch those cars turn left. Seems exciting. Seems exciting. Last night, I started watching Drive to Survive, the newest season of Drive to Survive. I got a couple episodes into that. Super excited about it because I know how the season ended. I know where some of these people moved on to. I know some of the things that already happened after production wrapped. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they piece it all together. It was a very boring season in terms of what actually happened on the track, but I want the good shit behind the scenes. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want the drama. Yeah, drama. I want to hear who hates who. I want to hear the shenanigans. I want to know how Lewis Hamilton ended up at Ferrari after being in Mercedes forever. I want to know if Toto cried. Did Toto cry? I hope he cried. We'll see. And then I also saw, as I was loading up uh, Driver Survivor last night, the new season of Full Swing has also hit Netflix. Sports documentaries are in their prime right now. They are in their prime. And I would also be remiss without saying that today is Wednesday. That means the new episodes of Love is Blind are hitting Netflix as well. That's just a great show. That is just a great show. And I know, uh, again, based on the voicemail titles, Love is Blind 1 and 2, that's probably Kyle the Embalmer wanting to talk about it. So we'll discuss that a little bit later, but just great shows. Everybody on that show is a fucking idiot. The idea that you can fall in love with somebody through a wall, never having seen them before, I don't know that I buy it. There's the one couple. They're adorable. There's a the little blonde kid and the, the Spanishy girl. They seem to be all right. They seem to actually care for each other. But the rest? Mm, I'm not so sure. I'm just not so sure. Either way, I did a bunch of great TV watching. 
Don't normally get to do that. Super excited to just kind of catch up on my queue. You know? A lot of good TV out there. A lot of good TV. People are making good shit. That leads me, uh, that kind of goes into my righteous sack beating that'll come up later. Streaming Streaming services, I should say, can be great and they can be awful. You know? Sometimes there's a lot of good stuff to watch, and then sometimes you want to go watch something, and it goes, oh, well, you have to subscribe to Paramount Plus for this. I don't fucking want Paramount Plus, but we'll get there. The other thing I want to mention before we get to the news and just get into it was Richard Lewis died today. Do you see that? Is anybody listening to this a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because I know Richard Lewis is a comedian. I know he's a legend in that arena. But for me, Richard Lewis came into my consciousness mostly through Curb. And that show, I'm watching the newest season of it. I think there's four episodes in now. And he's just so funny in it. He's so fucking funny. And it's just such a sad, sad time when somebody like that that makes you laugh goes away or passes away like this. I know he was ill. But man, it bummed me out. Because I'm literally watching Curb right now and... Two days ago, as I was watching the third or fourth episode, he had me laughing out loud when they're talking about who's going to go in each other's will, Richard Lewis or or Larry David. It's the best. The dynamic between those two is fantastic. The only good thing about this news today was going on Twitter and seeing all of the curb, uh, the the clips from Curb Your Enthusiasm just cruising around. People's favorite Richard Lewis moments from that show. There's so many of them. The fact that that show is entirely improv is bananas to me. I know they have a framework, et cetera, of what they want to do, but that everything is improv. I don't know how they're not just in stitches the entire time. They must have to do 9,000 takes. Those guys are all ridiculous. The improv is fantastic. The wit is superb. So I just want to say uh, fairly well to Richard Lewis. You know? You made me laugh a lot on that show. And uh, I'm going to miss you. It's going to be weird seeing you for the, the rest of the season while you're still there, but... I'm going to enjoy it anyway, because you are a fucking funny man. R.I.P., sir. The news is brought to you by Star Mechanical. Star Mechanical is one of Edmonton's biggest locally owned and operated plumbing and heating businesses. They've been working within the community for over 20 years, and many of the homes built in Edmonton over the last two decades have their plumbing and heating systems installed by Star Mechanical. Their team of tradespeople are highly skilled and highly accommodating for their customers. They even have 24-7 emergency services. Visit them at starmechanical.ca to schedule an appointment and help keep your home running smoothly. So where do we start the news? We have to start with the Oilers. Of course we're going to start with the Oilers, but where? You look at the schedule and you see that since our last episode, the Oilers had a three-game losing streak and then a big win over the Los Angeles Kings. So where do we start? We're going to start off with our veggies. because. The three-game losing streak, it was not ideal. You know, they beat Dallas last Saturday. Huge win. Probably their best uh, overall game since they came back from the All-Star break. We were down in Arizona for the 6-3 win over the Coyotes. That was just electric. It was great. It was fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about that nation vacation. It was so much fun. But the three games following that, not so much. Though... I will say the Boston Bruins game, the 21st, that we thought, that was a 6-5 loss in OT. That was so much fun to watch, just as a fan of hockey. The Oilers were down 4-1 in that game. They came roaring back, ended up pushing it to OT, got a point, fucked up in the overtime, and ended up losing. But to take the Bruins to overtime in a game like that after being down 4-1 was electric. And I don't want to complain about it too, too much because it was just fun. 
Sometimes the Oilers are going to lose a game, but that was fun to watch, and that was one of them. I hate to say it, but it was. On Friday, they played the Minnesota Wild. That was the 4-2 loss. How dare you lose 4-2? That's supposed to be the way that we win, sucker. They played really well in that game. But again, Philip Gustafson, not Forsberg, that I was saying in flu brain, Philip Gustafson was so good. He stopped a lot of shots, whereas Calvin Pickard couldn't match. And now Calvin Pickard is an interesting cat because after that game, a lot of people were upset. He allowed three goals on 18 shots. And I get it because I too was upset. It was a winnable game. However, nobody's calling Calvin Pickard a 1B to Calvin uh, to Stuart Skinner's 1A, right? He's the backup and he's playing like a backup and he's given us some pretty serviceable minutes if I'm being honest. So that loss, albeit frustrating and annoying, the Oilers played reasonably well. On Saturday, they, on Saturday though, against the Flams, that was just not the case. They were garbage. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think so. I think that that was probably one of their worst games that they played in quite some time. They were sloppy. They were undisciplined. Yeah, I even think of Leon Drysaddle taking that horrible uh, hooking penalty that ended up getting, uh, you know, ended up getting a goal against. That was the only PK goal they gave up in that game. It was just, it was one of those ones where everything that was about to go wrong did go wrong and they got punished for it. I will admit, I was very nervous about the way they were going to reply or respond to that 6-3 loss to the Flames on Monday against the Kings, but the Oilers were steady and solid. It started from the crease outward. Stuart Skinner made 38 saves. He had a 950 save percentage. That was the foundation for what needed to be a comeback win. They were down by at least a goal early in the first and second period. They came back to tie it as the period wore on. In the third, they turned on the Jets. Two goals, 4-2 win. Everybody's excited about that. You love to see a 4-2 win. I called it. Don't say I didn't. I called it. Tonight, the Oilers are playing against a St. Louis Blues team that they lost last night in Winnipeg, so they're coming in on the second half of a back-to-back set, and I'm hoping that the Oilers can repay the favor that the Blues gave them two weeks ago in St. Louis. If you remember that game, the Oilers were actually leading by a goal after the first period. So you go into the second, uh, you go into the second period, you go, oh, you know, the boys are in good shape, you know? It wasn't the perfect first period, but they ended up up by a goal. Fantastic. Then the Blues go ahead and score four straight in the second period. Oilers arguably had their worst frame since October. And it hurt. Hurt me bad. Hurt me real deep. Hurt me real deep. So I'm hoping tonight they can repay the favor. The Blues, they're outside of the playoff cut line. They are potential sellers at the deadline. So I think it's up to the Oilers to push them in that direction. They don't know whether they want to be buyers or sellers. Let's push them into the sellers category. Let's get Pavel Buchnevich out of their hands for next to nothing, shall we? Today on Daily Face Off Live, Frank Saravalli was opining. He was talking about the Oilers and the Blues as a potential fit. And Buchnevich is a guy that could be on the Oilers' radar, given that Ken Holland apparently, reportedly, and this is what we talked about yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio as well, apparently Ken Holland would prefer to maintain an asset past the end of the season, if possible. Buchnevich is that guy. He's got one more year left. You like the idea of going to get somebody for the deadline that'll also be around next year, especially somebody with that skill set, right? Adding a little bit more scoring into the top six. You'd love to see it. But then you also have to think about it and say, well, is a top six winger the biggest need right now? 
Or should they be working on upgrading, oh, I don't know, Cody CC? Should they be looking at upgrading the bottom six, who has been devoid of offense for most of the season? Outside of my guy, Matias, you had a mark in my right. He's got three goals and four points in his last five games. Tyler Uremchuk wanted to send him to Guantanamo Bay, but you know what? He fought his way out, baby, including that scrap over Blake Coleman. Absolutely dummied him. You love to see it. The janitor was cleaning up. Fucking awesome. But the problem is, it's been way too inconsistent in terms of actually getting some production from the bottom six. So what are the Oilers going to do? We are nine days out from the NHL trade deadline is March 8th. We are going to have the daily face-off trade deadline show up on YouTube. Make sure to watch that. The boys will be doing their thing and we will be doing ours at OilersNation.com. I'll have the live blog as always. So keep prepared on that one. Keep your eyes on that one, but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Going back to the games since we last spoke against LA, Connor McDavid has not had a goal in 10 games. However, his assist streak is ridiculous. He has now got five straight games of two assists. He is collecting apples. He is an orchard. He is basically going to be selling cider soon. Through 50, what are we at? 56 games. Connor McDavid has 70 assists. And now people are wondering, can he get to 100 assists? It hasn't happened since Gretzky. But if anybody can do it, it's probably Connor. I mean, he even had that hilarious quote where he goes, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in scoring goals anymore. I'm just going to keep passing and get all the assists again. He had a couple of lulls with the media, but you know what? It's a worthy question to ask. Can he get to 100 assists? Listen, I don't care if Connor gets goals or assists. That's just me. If the Oilers are winning, I do not care how he collects his points. In fact, if the Oilers win, I don't care if he doesn't have any points. Some people are freaking out about the lack of goals after he scored 64 last year. I get it to an extent, given that he's on pace for half of that. But at the same point, he's already at 91 points. He's producing offense, just probably not in the way we wanted. But we'll see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if he even goes out tonight and gets a goal against the Blues. Would I bet on it? Probably. And once he does get that first goal, would it be surprising to see him go on a run of five, six games with a goal, just like Zachary Martin Hyman? I don't think so. Speaking of Zachary Martin Hyman, he has now got goals in five straight games. He's got six goals over that span, and the guy has set a career high since we last spoke. He's now got 38 goals in 55 games. He is absolutely on fire. He just seems to be getting better as this contract wears on. He's in the third season with the Oilers. He is going to have more goals this season than his career high in points was with Toronto. When he left Toronto, if you remember, he had 41 points. That was his career high. He's got 38 goals this year. 38 goals. That's a lot. Let me do some quick math. That's only three less than 41. Feel free to double check that if you'd like. Guy's playing some great hockey. If he can keep this up down the stretch, he's on pace for like 56 or 57 or something like that. Who knows where he's going to end up. But if Zach Hyman comes in and gets a 50 goal season, I'm going to erupt into a cloud of glitter. Nobody saw this coming. Leafs fans, specifically you editor and Leaf blogger, you said it was going to be the worst contract in NHL history. Now what happened? Now what happened? You had to delete that tweet, didn't you, dum-dum? Mm-hmm. Zachary Martin Hyman just keeps getting better, like a fine wine. Cannot wait to see where he ends up. 
Another guy I want to talk about after the LA game was Leon Dreisaitl. I mentioned that he had a tough start against Calgary. He took the undisciplined penalty. He was pissed off on the bench. He was yelling at Glenn Gullitson in the media after the game. He was a little bit sassy. Some people mind that stuff. I don't at all. I like when Leon gets sassy. I like that he's upset when they're losing. If he was just ho-hum and everything's fine when they're losing, that would be a bigger problem to me, but I'm not everybody. You know? Against the Kings, he was electric. He was unstoppable. There was one play specifically. Can you remember it? Can you picture it? When he picked up the puck in the neutral zone and flew past Drew Doughty at the blue line and basically one arm shoved him out of the way. He was in warlord mode. Finished the game with a goal and assist, but with a little bit of luck, he probably would have had two of each. Sometimes that's the way she goes, but Leon was great. I could think of no better ask or no better gift and then to have him just on warlord mode down the stretch over these final 30, 20, whatever games. I need some of your Chuck math. Another guy that stood up, and I gave him a little bit of love earlier, but I want to do it again. Stuart Skinner, 38 saves and a 950 against LA. That was after six straight starts where he had a sub 900 save percentage. I know that not every goal is on the, uh, on the goalies. Not always. Frankly, the Oilers have been porous, to say the least, over their last 10 games on defense. They have given up some great A chances. They have given up all kinds of space. They have been making mistakes that were just not happening when they were winning all those games in January. But on Monday, Stuart Skinner looked like the guy that won them 16 games in a row. Or what it was his? He won 12 in a row. He looked like that guy. He allowed the early go early, but then he shut the door. And that was it. Stuart Skinner played his best game in a minute. And I could not be more happy for him. I could not be happier for him because I just, I believe in the guy and it's just wild to see that he can go on a two month run like he did over the, from December into January and people go, that was great. And then he has a couple of short games to go, oh, he's the fucking worst goalie of all time. I don't understand that. I'm surprised we didn't get more Dustin Schwartz shitting on because of the six game stretch, you know? Nobody said shit about Dustin Schwartz when he was winning all those games, but now that he's back to losing, here comes the Dustin Schwartz critiques again. Either way, didn't matter. Stu is electric against the Kings. I'm looking forward to him doing another solid start tonight against the Blues. And I think he's going to do it. He's more than capable. He's got the demeanor for it. His highs and his lows are not all that crazy. They're kind of in the middle. However, when he's, when he's low, sometimes they're low. But I'm hoping after a 38 save, 950 save percentage performance against the Kings, a divisional rival who just lost Calgary last night as well. Now the Oilers have games in hand on them. They are still up in the in the in third position in the Pacific Division. That's just all good shit. That is all good stuff. Back to silly season for a minute. Today on Daily Face Off Live, and I mentioned it earlier that Frank Saravalli was opining, just kind of speculating that one team that could really stand out for Pavel Buchnevich out of St. Louis is the Edmonton Oilers. And I quote, and I quote, are you ready? To me, one team that really stands out is Edmonton. And we've talked about the idea of Jake Gensel, pending understricted free agent, very unlikely to be able to re-sign him. Is Pavel Buchnevich just not another version of a Jake Gensel, a different player. But when we talk about filling out your top six, Ken Holland has shown a preference to paying guys, especially for, or paying for guys, especially if they have term. It's going to be a tough 
it's going to be tough to squeeze him in this year and next year with the salary cap increase being chewed up by Connor Brown. But make decisions elsewhere in your lineup if you can make this happen. If you need to move Warren Fogle, if you need to move out Brett Kulak or whatever it may be, there has to be some kind of way to make this work if you really see Buchnevich as a fit for this year and next year. You can always go back and rejig your salary cap when you get to the summer, but you just have to make it through this year. If you're talking about a difference maker and an impact player, we saw the impact Barbashev had going to Vegas at the deadline last year. Buchnevich is plus, plus all of that. And Frank thinks that the Oilers could be a fit for making that happen. Man, when I think of that, I get excited. Pavel Buchnevich would be probably cost a lot. I don't know what it would take to make the math work. Can you ship Campbell out somehow as part of this deal? You'd kind of have to, I think. Would it be Campbell and Kulak plus something else? I have no idea. No idea. That's not my problem. That's Ken Holland's problem. He's got to do stuff. I don't. I just got to talk about it. Either way, has me excited. Maybe not that excited. <laughs> Either way, trade deadline is only nine days away. We're probably going to start hearing more names as teams fall out of believing that they're contenders. There's still a lot of teams that are kind of hanging on to the wild card spot that probably don't want to sell. You should just sell. So I'm curious to see over the next nine days which names kind of come up that haven't been circling the rounds for a while now. Probably going to have some new trade targets coming up at Daily Faceoff for Frank Saravalli. He's probably going to have some more ideas of who's going to get moved and where. But we'll just have to see where it goes. But right now, what I think, I'd love to know what the Oilers' priorities are. Yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio, we talked about it. Mine would probably be, if I rank them, upgrade on defense, top six forward, depth down the middle. Whereas Liam floated the idea yesterday, why don't you go do a trade with the Anaheim Ducks that sees you bring in Adam Henrique and Sam Carrick. And then all of a sudden, you've got Connor, Leon, and those two rounding out your center depth. That's pretty sexy. That's pretty sexy, but we'll see what happens, right? Last year, I didn't expect Ken Holland to be able to pull off the Ekholm trade. And I'm assuming this year, in the last year of his deal, he's getting some pressure from DK to go out and make another big trade. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But if the owner wants it, you know the GM's kind of got to push for it, whether he believes in it or not. Part of me believes that if it was up to Ken Holland, he would just do nothing. Just kind of see where it goes. Maybe a little tinkering, maybe a little nibbling around the edges. But when you're this far along in Leon Drysdale and Connor McDavid's career, I don't know that that's an option anymore. I don't know that's an option anymore. Lastly, to wrap up the news, we're going to look at the schedule really quickly. We've got the St. Louis Blues tonight at Rogers Place. On Saturday, we've got Seattle. If you're looking for something to do on Saturday, that's a 2 p.m. start. Remember, we are doing the brunch for Ben at Greta downtown in Edmonton. Tickets still available at nationgear.ca, though there's not many available. There's not many left. If you want to come, this is going to sell out. So don't dawdle. Procrastination is not your friend here, friend. Nationgear.ca, go get yourself some tickets. Help us raise money for the Ben Stelter Foundation. I'm super excited about this one. I love the brunch for Ben. I love the idea that we get to help them raise a little bit of money. And we're going to have a good time while we're at it. So come on, join us on Saturday morning, Saturday early afternoon at Greta downtown in Edmonton. Nationgear.ca, if you want to get some tickets, join us. Help us raise some money. And then on Sunday, Sid the Kid is in town. Pittsburgh is in town. Back-to-back weekend. So we've got Seattle Saturday. We've got Pittsburgh on Sunday. And then we are off to Boston for a rematch on Tuesday. If that game on Tuesday is even half as exciting as the one was last week, man, we are in for an absolute treat. That was so much fun. Potential Stanley Cup final? Maybe? 
Who says no? We're all having a good time with that one. That's we're going to end up the new wrap up the news for our friends at Star Mechanical. Visit starmechanical.ca to schedule an appointment and he- let them help you keep your home running smoothly. Remember, their team of tradespeople are highly skilled and accommodating for their customers and offer 24-7 emergency services. Star Mechanical is your home for keeping things running smoothly. You're listening to Better Late Than Never, the only podcast where Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes to find out how handsome he is. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. For Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, it is time for the Righteous Sack meeting. Of course, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of tools and expertise across multiple oilfield disciplines, specializing in rentals, pipe recovery, abandonments, and completions. Currently, they maintain full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. What kind of tools do you want to know? Or what kind of tools do they have? I'm glad you asked. This is when I get to push this button. Rental tools, fishing tools, coal tools, drilling tools, mills and bits, completion tools, any tools for any job. TrilogyRentals.ca So what's bothering me this week? I teased you earlier. I told you. Streaming services. Do you ever have one of those things where you pay for a streaming service? In this case, I pay for Amazon Prime. Mostly because I like to have my packages delivered next day and for free. I do a lot of ordering on Amazon, so for me it just makes sense mathematically in my head. And I don't like people. You couple those two things, I like to do my shopping online, I don't want to see real people, I don't want to pay for delivery, uh, every time I deliver, I order anyway. So it all fits. And then with Amazon Prime, you also get access to their TV, so like they have a show like The Boys. I love The Boys on Amazon Prime, it's fantastic, I would pay probably for Prime just for that show. However, they also have a bunch of garbage on that, on that uh, platform. I don't remember what I was wanting to watch, but it was a documentary, and I go to click on it the other day through my Amazon Prime, only to be told that to watch the show they were advertising therein, I needed to have a subscription to Paramount Plus for like $9.99 a month or whatever it is. This is garbage. This is garbage tactics. I feel like this was some kind of bait and switch on me where you pay for one platform, they show you a show that I think I would like to watch, and they go, nah, fuck you, buddy. You can't actually watch that. It's not for you unless you pay for it a different time. You've already paid for this. I understand that. But now you got to pay for that so you can watch the thing that you thought you were going to watch here, but you got to watch it over there, and it's all dumb. At some point, the streaming service like scam that all of these companies are running right now is going to come to a head. At some point, we're going to have a service just come in and aggregate all the streaming services for one fee in one place, and we're just going to call it cable again. I don't know why everything has to be so a la carte with these. Why can't we just have a company come and buy them all out and just have one? I'm tired of having different streaming services for different shows. You talk to my boy, Tyler Uremchuk. He's one of those people that he rotates the streaming services. He'll watch something on Disney Plus, and then he cancels that. And then he'll go sign up for Crave, and then he'll watch whatever he wants, and then he cancels that. That's one approach. I'm just over it. There's a bunch of shows that people recommend to me that I should watch, and it goes, oh, well, you need to have Apple TV. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't want another streaming service. I'm already paying for cable, mostly because I want sports. The packages for cable are also garbage. That's a different problem entirely and then i got a couple of streaming services because i like netflix i like crave i have prime because of shopping how many do i need why 
Are we diluting all of these shows and putting them across a bunch of different platforms that nobody wants? It's driving me crazy, man. Streaming services. Is it just me? If you're listening to this right now and you go, Bag Milk, I agree with you. There's too many streaming services. Or are you on the other side and go, man, it's way better than cable. You just sign up, you kill them, you sign up, you kill them. I don't know, but it drives me nuts because I don't want it. Sometimes I just want to watch one show or maybe even one episode of one show to see if I like it. And they go, you need to fucking get Paramount Plus. I don't want Paramount Plus. I used to have the Paramount channel as part of my cable package and they took that away for whatever reason because they want you to sign up for Paramount Plus. It's garbage and I hate it. How is this the answer for TV? How is this the answer? Or is the answer that I have to dive into the internet and watch illegal Reddit streams of all the shows that I know and love? Because at some point, it feels like that's the only option. Is it? Are you going to turn me into a pirate? Do I need an eye patch? I feel like I'd look good with one, but that's really besides the point. I don't want to be a pirate. I want to do things above board. But these companies make it very difficult for me to consume their product without getting incensed and just pissed off about the whole process. You're all gouging. You're all gouging. What happened to rabbit ears, man? Free TV over the air. Maybe that's what we need to go back to. Rabbit ears. Maybe I just need to move out into the woods and never watch another show again. Either way, streaming services, I'm over it. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. <laughs> no way. I said. Hey, you're listening to Better Late Than Ever, where you can chill out and listen in whenever and wherever. We have some news, a sack beating, and all things shitty TV shows. Here you'll find an old donkey, a wild Australian, and a literal child, among other gaggle of characters. Whoa. Oh, and a rich and handsome host who is constantly bragging about his Alfa Romeo. Enjoy! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm nowhere close to Rich Ari, by the way. 
So I said we are going to save a bunch of the voicemails for tomorrow. We are. But I'm looking at a couple of these, and one of them is from the Nation Vacation for sure. So my guy Dayton sent in a message. And then there's a couple from Kyle the Embalmer that wants to discuss Love is Blind. So we're going to handle those here today just to kind of maintain some kind of consistency. You know? A little bit of consistency here. So the voicemail today, we're going to do... Um, you know what? We're going to say, Dayton, this is your voicemail this week because you were first up. And I will say... What say you, sir? Right now. I'm going to push this button now. Hey, Big Milk. It's Dayton and Sophia here. We're on the road back to Canada from our trip down to Arizona. It is currently 8 p.m. We have a long way to go. We're still in Idaho. So these uh, these folks, by the way, I met them down in Arizona. Um, Dayton and Sophia. They had a flight booked down to Arizona to go watch the Oilers play uh, against the Coyotes, and they were going to be down there when we were down there. I mean, they did end up down there when we were down there, but right before they got were getting set to go, or like a couple days, maybe a week or something like that, their flight just got canceled. And as it turns out, the airline that they were supposed to fly in is now just that's going under. So they were like, nah, your flight's not happening. And this whole airline idea, it's not happening either. So they ended up getting in the car and driving down from Lethbridge to go to Arizona. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. But we just wanted to message you and say thank you for all of the good vibes to you and the rest of the nation crew and all the nation citizens. You know, we can tell that you guys are true fans because if any other company had some sort of trip like this if two people that didn't pay for said trip were trying to tag along for some of the vibes you know that it wouldn't be welcomed as much but you guys welcomed us with open arms yeah so essentially we had that uh, and I, I did this recap last week so i'm not going to do a whole thing about it we were at a bar called devil's advocate pre and post game and that's where i met dayton and sophia and um it was just kind of nice to have a bar full of Oilers fans and we were all just there. We threw up the flag and we wanted everybody to join us. And yes, we were there on the nation vacation and yes, we were there with a bunch of people, but that crew we were with all weekend, they were there with us too. And we just thought more of the merrier. So we met some really, really nice people like, like Dayton and Sophia and we had a good chat and we heard some stories about better late than never and just enjoying the show or listening to the show or how it works or want to hear from Dayton and how does it work with the buttons and what are the buttons like? Is this something you have to do in post? Or, or do I just push a button like this and it actually changes it in real time? So it was fun to kind of walk through a bunch of that stuff with everybody and uh, you're welcome for having you. But most importantly, I want to say thank you for joining us because all we really did is set the table. You guys are the ones that made it special. We're super inviting and we're just a good time. So yeah, thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing you guys on another trip, maybe at the golf tournament. Who knows? Sophia, you got anything to say? What's up? And that's it from us. Checking out. See you later. Hope you guys made it home safely. That drive is crazy. They're going to Vegas too. I mean, you make a trip out of it, right? Like that's commitment to the game. So you're saying thank you for us for being welcoming. Thank you for being the Oilers fans that you are because uh, driving from Lethbridge all the way down there just because your flight got canceled. There's a lot of people that probably just would have bailed entirely. 
and just go, fuck it. I can't make it. I'm going to loot, eat the cost of the tickets, see if I can refund my hotel. But you guys didn't do it. You humped in the, uh, you jumped in the car and away you went humped in the car. I don't know if they did or not. You kids are up to whatever shenanigans you want. You know they did. That's a long drive. What are you talking about, you pervert? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Kyle the Embalmer's got a couple, uh, couple of voicemails here to go through Love is Blind, so let's do it, Kyle. Hello, Melkers. Here's your update of the last three episodes from Love is Blind. Remember, the new episodes today, February 28th, got loaded. So we're going to see some who actually gets married. Who bails at the altar? Those are some. Those are fun for me. I love seeing people bail on each other at the altar on this show. It is one of the coldest fucking things you could do because I'd love to know how the rules work on this uh, on Love is Blind because they always do it at the altar. It's not like they were, you know, in the days leading up to the marriage or the wedding and they go, fuck, I don't know if we should do this. The producers are like, listen, you can say you don't know that you want to do it, or even if you don't want to do it, you do it at that fucking altar. We need to record this show. We need another season to make. We got some advertisers to pay for. We need to sell some subs. You break that person's heart at the altar. So anyway, back to you, Kyle. Now, I'm going to go through quick. Let's get rid of the, the fat before we get into the good stuff. Sure. Uh, and Clay, ah, they're still together. We'll, we'll probably get some maybe drama. In the next episodes, there wasn't too much other than them arguing in front of his mom. Let me see. Uh, Edie and Clay. Which ones are these two? I gotta, I've got all the couples. Again, if you've heard me talk about these before, I never know who the couples are. Ever. I just, I'm always just like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, these two. They're kind of dry toes, to be honest. But to be honest, I don't like... When I watch Love is Blind, I either want you to be a complete disaster or completely in love. The, those are the only options to me. I want you to be a complete clusterfuck and fight every episode, all episode, or I want you to be legitimately in love. Those are the options. Anywhere in the middle, too boring to me. Uh, Amy and Johnny. Amy and Johnny are adorable. So before Kyle says whatever he says, I think these are the two that fit in the, they're just adorable category. You know? They're going to have some potential issues with her dad not respecting the process, which who would, by the way? The show's ridiculous. My old man was an engineer, and if I, I, I like to think of it sometimes, I would be like, hey, Papa Milk, I've decided to go on this show where I'm going to fall in love with somebody through the wall, and I'm going to get engaged before I've, never, I've ever seen them before. And he'd be like, are you fucking crazy? Anyway. They seem good. Families don't seem to like them. Whatever. Um, all right. Brittany and Ken, kind of surprised. They broke up. It's kind of a dick. Well, Ken and Brittany just seemed like they were not going to be a match, right? They just seemed like they had some like real core differences in their relationship that it just wasn't going to work. And unfortunately, they broke up before the wedding. You know, it was a respectful breakup, of course. They had a conversation that was very adult, despite the fact that they were in their mid-20s. But again, I'm here to watch a disaster. If you're going to break up, do it in front of each other's families when everybody's there to watch you get married. Thank you. I guess. Wouldn't get off his phone. I kind of have a feeling that maybe it was the black-white relationship after AD maybe put some shit in his head about her raising black kids. I don't know. 
Um, but when he got back, he wouldn't get off his phone. So whatever, they, they broke up and it was kind of cold. It was kind of cold, but it was also like, I thought it was a very adult conversation that they had. They were just like, I don't know if this is going to fit. They had like, you know, all kinds of shit going on. He didn't, he was always on his phone though, but you know what? The guy's 25 years old. What 25 year old isn't always on their phone. You walk into nation HQ was, you would think that thing is strapped into his face. When we can put chips into people's brains, I imagine was is going to be one of the first people in there to get that done. He'd be like, why do I need to put a phone in my hand when I could just have the chip right in my brain? Um, Chelsea and Jimmy, or as I like to refer to them now, Megan coyote and human bender. Um, they got into a fight. <laughs> she's really insecure so that's one if you don't know if you don't know anything about love is blonde you probably saw the girl who said she looks like megan fox that's chelsea so when jimmy and chelsea met for the first time he just looked her he goes listen you don't look like megan fox at all he didn't say that to her he said it to the cameras afterward when they're like "Eh, thoughts (laughs) it was so great it was so great arguably the best moment of this season is seeing his disappointment that the girl did not actually look like Megan Fox. It was so fucking funny. Even that that is a really cold thing to say. She's a pretty girl, but I mean, she doesn't look like Megan Fox. Ah, uh, she's yeah, she's insecure. I think that leads to all of their fights. Um, so whatever. But the real tea, damn it, the real tea will have to wait for the next voicemail. So stay tuned. Here we go. I'm guessing uh, voicemail number two is going to talk about Jeremy. Jeremy, by the way, spelled weird. I said this to me, Mrs., and she didn't think it was a weird spelling of Jeremy, but I do. J-E-R-A-M-E-Y. Weird spelling of Jeremy to me. Maybe. Kyle, back to you. All right, part two. Uh, The real tea of the whole last episodes, because let's go back quick. Uh, The last three episodes were boring as fuck, except for the last... Let's say 20 minutes. But yes. Anyway, let's get into it. Yes. Laura and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I love Laura's family. Just seem lovely. Giving her the fucking gears about her pettiness, about his Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, they seem lovely. Like, whatever. Anyway. They seem like lovely people. So essentially, he likes to wear his Tommy Bahama shirts. Not all, not all the time. It's not like he's strapped in them. He's not fucking uh, Jimmy Buffett. But... Uh, she doesn't like his Hawaiian shirts and his fa- her family was just shitting on her for complaining about as much as she was. So I thought they seemed lovely, to be honest. I was like, yes, these people are actually lovely people. And they were just like, what is wrong with you and your hatred for Tommy Bahama? Um, but he got caught. My, my guy. Well, I should say my guy. He, he got caught. Yeah, he got caught. Going to hang out with Sarah Ann. Staying out. So essentially, long story short, spoiler. He and the Sarah, uh, he and Laura are the couple. And then the third wheel, Sarah Ann sent him a message goes, Hey, if you're not at all sure that you want to marry her, you should come talk to me. And then he stayed out all night and was talking to her. Fantastic drama ensued. That is what I'm talking about. I want train wrecks. I want love or I want train wrecks to five in the morning, giving her his location. I mean, there's a theory that he left his phone in his car. So it looked like he was in the parking lot, forgot his Apple watch, went to her place, obviously showed his location because of his iWatch. That sort of shit, but... Dumb, dumb. If you're going to share your location, you better take your watch off too, dummy. If you're going to try some fuckery where you're leaving your phone in the car because you want your now fiancé to see your location is stationary in the parking lot of a bar or whatever his excuse was, and your Apple Watch is still on your hand, you're an idiot. Idiot. 
of course, that was the last five minutes. She played him hard. Sure did. She played him so much like, oh, I was asleep. <laughs> but I know your location. I was asleep. Then when he lied, he's like, I got you, sucker. Fucking got you. So anyway, we will see those in the next episodes. I have a feeling he probably hooked up with Sarah. and Probably. But yeah. So uh, anyway, that's all I have for this week. Uh, new episodes this Wednesday, which I guess is when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And then maybe an update next week. And that's that. The other one that is super funny is, again, there's that Jimmy guy and the Megan Fox not lookalike named Chelsea. And the girl, so this Jimmy dude, he had the girl he ended up with. Her name's Chelsea. And then there was an absolute rocket named Jessica, who was the other girl that he was kind of like talking to. He obviously love is blind. You don't know what the person looks like. That's the whole point of the show. But when he found out that the one he did not pick is an absolute smoke show, The look on his face was fantastic. He's also up to some fuckery, trying to follow her on Instagram. She didn't confirm it right away because she had a private account. Then he pulled his request, even though she'd already seen it. Hilarious. They're supposed to meet in these upcoming episodes, and I cannot wait to see the disaster that creates because he picked the other one because she said she was looking like Megan Fox. This one looks more like Megan Fox than the other one. Can't wait to see what happens. Cannot wait. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. The show is stupid, and that's where we're going to end off the voicemail. We're saving the rest for tomorrow when I get to talk to Dukes. I want to thank uh, Dayton and Sophia. I hope you guys got home early. Kyle, you got your Love is Blind talk in. New episodes out today. I got about an hour before the game. Maybe I can go crush an episode. Oilers going to have a 4-2 win tonight over the Blues. I'm very, very excited about that. Looking forward to the party on Saturday at Greta. Looking forward to Connor versus Sid on Sunday. Lots going on. Lots going on. Hope to see you at the brunch for Ben on Saturday as well. Again, tickets available at nationgear.ca. Another thing that's up at nationgear.ca is we are doing a Robin Brownlee memorial auction. Back in January on the 11th, we lost our boy Robin Brownlee to a heart attack. He's one of the original writers and website, uh, original writers at Oilers Nation. He'd been with the company for a very, very long time. I still miss him. I still miss his articles. I miss reading his stuff every other day. For most of my life, I've read Robin Brownlee's articles. So what we're trying to do is raise a little bit of money for his family to help put, um, help put Sam through college, help ease some of the pressure from losing Robin. So Brownlee was a major contributor to the nation uh, to the success of the nation network. And now we want to help him out. So if you go to nationgear.ca, we do have a bunch of auction items that are be going off very, very soon, including a trip to the JPL to go skiing. There's a, there's a whole ski package. JPL included a Jasper weekend is currently up. That is the first auction item up at the Brownlee Memorial auction. And currently as I'm recording this, the, where are we at? The high bid is Next minimum bid is five fifty. If you know anything about the JPL, that isn't even a night at the JPL, right? Two nights stay at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, a pair of two day lift passes to Marmot Basin. Help us raise some money for the Robin Brownlee Memorial Auction. Current bid is five hundred dollars on that Jasper weekend getaway. We could bump that up. We could bump that up, can't we? I think we should nationgear.ca it's right on the nav bar robin brownlee auction go check it out help us raise a little bit of money for robin's family be very very appreciative and if you can't 
that's totally fine. Just help us share the link. That'd be great if you could. Very, very appreciative of that. Until tomorrow, that's where we're going to wrap this up. A little bit shorter than normal, but ultimately, we're here for a good time. Not always a long time. And you're going to get a bonus episode tomorrow anyway. So let's wrap it up. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.